Welcome to another Clock Tower Recap. I'm your host, and Dungeon Master, Ellie. This recap will cover the events of Episode 16 through Episode 20. After the events of the Skeleton King, the agents briefly reveled in their victory. There seemed to be a real moment of bonding between our heroes. They explained how they defeated the Skeleton King to Rock, who unfortunately missed the rest of the fight. I think you know why. For once, the agents felt good about the results of their mission. And riding that high of success, they touched the clock face and started another one. Through the mirror, they find themselves in a world with dark cobblestone streets and tall buildings with slanted roofs that frame the sky. Gaslit lanterns line the street, and puddles of water between the cobblestones imply that it may have just rained. The road they are on seems mostly empty, with only a few people that they can see. Those people remind them of the ones that they saw in the medieval town that they once visited, but maybe a little bit more well-dressed. An orc in a bowler cap bids them good evening, while a nearby elf questions why they're standing in the middle of the road. Before they can answer, however, they hear a loud, pain scream echo throughout the city, the sound of ultimate suffering. They rush forward in the direction of the scream to find a small bird-like person on their knees grieving over the dead body of what looks like a fellow clock tower agent. After some questioning, they find out that the small person's name is Wagonwheel, and that all of his speech is just mimicking sentences or parts of sentences that he's heard other people say. This is a common trait for the D&D race, Kenku, and our friend Tyler does an amazing job playing the character of Wagonwheel. Though we will try, as always, to include the important details of the episodes in this recap, what really makes Wagonwheel great is Tyler's performance, and the way that much of Wagonwheel's backstory has to be pieced together from different sentences and lines that he says. So, we strongly recommend that you not skip this arc, if you can at all help it, or if you have the time. They discover that the dead man was murdered by some kind of cult, a cult that Wagonwheel seems to be connected to, as he mentions the cult and then refers to himself as Traitor, assumedly in the voice of one of the cultists. The group learns that the man's name was Alex and that he was indeed a clock tower agent. My name is Alex. I'm from the clock tower. The group convinces Wagonwheel to take them to this cult, which has taken root in the nearby temple of Alarion. This turns out to be a terrible idea. The temple has, at its peak, a massive, ominous fireball. It isn't long before the party is discovered by the cult, and that fire is turned against them. Though some of them survive the initial blast, they are soon surrounded by cultists and overwhelmed by fire, eventually destroyed. The agents wake up in the clock tower, annoyed at being burned to death yet again. They restart the mission quickly. They return to Wagonwheel, trying to see if they can get there soon enough to save Alex. Unfortunately, it seems that their arrival is directly connected to Alex's death. As the group explains rather insensitively to Wagonwheel that they've already met and that they're here to help, being from the clock tower. Hey, Wagonwheel. Wagonwheel? We're we're clock tower agents. Eventually, they manage to gain his trust again. Wagonwheel collapses briefly under the weight of everything that has happened. They ask him if there is somewhere safe they can go to talk more. He leads them to the attic room of a nearby inn. Inside, they find and read Alex's journal. Through its pages, they discover that Alex destroyed his own pocket watch to gain some more time 
on the mission, and in so doing, stranded himself away from the clock tower, no longer able to leave this world or wake up on the couch if he died. He spent the rest of his life traveling with Wagon Wheel and trying to stomp out the remains of the cult that was eventually his undoing. In his journal, he also remarks that he hopes the others are okay, implying that he isn't alone and that there were other groups of clock tower agents out there. Sam attempts to get Alex's body up from the street and up to the room so that he can rest with some dignity. After a failed attempt, he asks the others for help and they get it done. Wagon Wheel, perhaps seeing this or maybe just with time, trusts the group a little bit more and decides to show them a hidden map that had been Alex's last plan. The plan is to sneak into the church and destroy the cult. The plan is mostly in clock tower runes, and all the agents take turns trying to read Alex's notes to varying levels of success. Except for Jaeger, who realizes in that moment, with everyone watching, that not only can he not read clock tower runes, he doesn't know how to read at all. He crumples up the map and in frustration throws it outside. Rock is shocked and after screaming Jaeger! at their teammate, rushes down to the street to retrieve the map. There, they meet a blue-haired person akin to Lawrence and Lily. Rock openly begrudges meeting them and says as much as they give this person a clock tower coin. The entity treats Rock in the same demeaning way as usual, answering their question of why are we here with to collect Alex's weapons. Annoyed at the obvious answer to an ill-thought-out question, Rock sacrifices yet another coin to ask where are the weapons being kept. The entity, a bit surprised by the much-improved question, tells Rock exactly where the weapons are being kept, beneath the church in the basement chamber behind two large double doors. The entity leaves the blue-haired person, who promptly leaves Rock with a frown and a dismissive goodbye. Rock returns to the group with the information that they have obtained. Together, with Rock's new info and Alex's map, the agents realize that there is an entrance to the church via the catacombs beneath the city, and that there is a way to access the catacombs through the sewers. So the agents and their new friend make their way towards the nearest sewer entrance. Upon arriving, Reagan basically throws a manhole cover, defying logic and physics for a cool spur-of-the-moment thing caused by the roll of a natural 20. I don't know what I was thinking, but sometimes it'd be like that. The group descends into the sewer, dealing with murky water and horrible smells. Eventually, they come to a point where a giant rat blocks the path ahead of them. It is also accompanied by hordes of smaller rats jumping on and off of the larger rat, treating it as sort of a bridge between the two sides of the sewer. They then discuss how best to sneak past, engage in combat, or otherwise deal with the rats for some time. No, really, like a long time. Like most of our episode amount of time. They eventually decide to fight the rats. Rock chunking the ceiling of the sewer with their sword, causing the attack to fail. Sam dispatching several of the smaller rats with their magic, while Wagon Wheel killed the giant rat with a single punch. The group rejoices while Rock remarks, I knew we should have sent in Wagon Wheel! 
Wagon Wheel celebrates victory in his own way. Wagon Wheel, you have triumphed over heresy once again. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Then, with the rats dispatched, and no more time left in this episode, the group quickly makes their way through the rest of the sewers, entering the catacombs below. I had like a whole sewer thing planned. Deep below, in the catacombs, the agents and wagon wheel see that many of the graves have been disturbed, and it isn't long before they realize why. A pile of bones has been collected, and cleaning what little meat there is left on those bones is a small pack of ghouls sitting atop the pile and feasting on the corpses. The party, this time, makes haste and jumps into action. The ghouls don't stand much of a chance against the agents, as between Wagon Wheel's fists and their own skills, they make short work of them. But not before Wagon Wheel tumbles down the mountain of bones and is stabbed in the side by an old rib bone. He then brutally pulls it out of his side and holds it up high, wielding it as a new knife. Then, Reagan sees an orb of light that seems friendly. Reagan is then zapped by that light and tells Rock about the zapping who jumps up to attack Reagan stops them and as countless more lights appear says you angered them the group is quickly surrounded by orbs of light who start to move towards them aggressively after a brief discussion and a moment where Jaeger explains to Rock that they have an opportunity to run and that they don't just have to accept death this time Rock you can just leave they all run off through the catacombs following the map Exit stage left, pursued by light. They eventually reach a ladder that leads up to the basement of the church of Valerian and manage to scramble up it as quickly as possible, slamming the hatch above that seems to be protected magically by some sort of spell. There, the group takes a moment to rest. The agents take the time to mend their wounds and talk to Wagon Wheel a bit before briefly acknowledging to each other that when this mission is over, they'll have to leave Wagon Wheel behind. Sam tells Wagon Wheel that he's become their friend, and Wagon Wheel quite literally echoes that statement. Friends. Rock stands away from the others, trying not to acknowledge the current conversation. Sam joins Rock to use their one healing spell to patch Rock up. Eventually, they all get up and with Wagon Wheel's help, pick the lock to the massive double doors. Behind them, they meet the head cultists, who is mid-ritual. A light that looks all too familiar to the agents is being formed from energy ripped away from Alex's weapons. The light also seems to have affected the cultist, making his whole body seem to shine like a light itself. He uses its power and tries to kill the party. They fight him to the best of their ability, trying to avoid the light. Despite this, Wagon Wheel is hit a few times, and where he is struck, it seems to be disintegrating off, absorbed into that light. 25. Jesus Christ. As the battle continues, the light's pull on everyone strengthens, but those who are affected by it, most of all, the head cultist, who seems to be in that moment, realizing the doomed fate of his plan holding on to the statue of Alarion as to not get pulled into the light he cries out to his previous god proclaiming that he isn't ready and that his god should save him no 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 i'm not i'm not ready i'm not Alarion and in a moment 
of divine justice, the statue breaks and the head cultist is completely absorbed, slamming onto the light and shining from every point in his body. Realizing that they don't have much time left, the group makes their goodbyes to Wagon Wheel. You'll fix it. Goodbye, Wagon Wheel. Take care. And pushing Wagon Wheel behind him for safety one last time, Reagan says, Thank you, buddy. And then grabs the weapons, ending their mission. Thanks for listening to this recap. If you're a fan of the show, or support us on Patreon, we really appreciate you. If you can't subscribe to Patreon and want to help support the show, please share the show with your friends. Make a post about it. Hype us up. One of the hardest parts about producing this podcast is just getting people to find it. So, please, help us spread the word. Thank you to everyone who's helped make this arc a reality. From our sponsor, Alpha Lupine Images, to the actors who did an amazing job, the Dead Air team for helping us keep up with the episode times, to the fans. Extremely to the fans. And not at all least, Wagon Wheel himself, our guest star and good friend Tyler. Without you, the show wouldn't be what it is right now. So, thank you. And speaking of Wagon Wheel, we have another giveaway. This plushie of Wagon Wheel himself that was made by my sister Kit and hand-sewn together. If you watch the show on YouTube, you'll have seen him already in the YouTube's outros. And now, he can be yours. We'll be giving him away in the next Clock Tower watch party. So, if you aren't part of the Clock Tower Discord, join up now. And until next time, time's ticking. See you in the Clock Tower. <laughs>